I have people literally ask all the time. They're like, is this just for women? Is this event? And I'm like, no, you can come. And most of the men that are members, they see that too. I mean, we work in the industry together, right? Like men, women, all like. (laughs) And so, but the great thing about women in film around the world is the programming is going to specifically be a little bit more geared towards women, of course. And we're going to have um, some signature things that are for women and, and to help them specifically. But most of the information we're giving is great for everybody, honestly. And that's what I've seen as being a member on the board and as ED. I'm like 85% of it is for everybody. And the other percentage that's not, you can still, men can still benefit because you're learning what, you know, like (laughs) what it is that you need to know about women or for women, you know, whatever. Welcome to Pictures Up, the podcast where we discuss careers in filmmaking. Today I'm talking with L'Oreal Broussard, who came up kind of through the art department and costume and wardrobe work. She worked on uh, the TV series Body of Proof and also the uh, TV series Law and Order. She worked on many episodes of both those shows and has more recently been shifting over into the producing side of filmmaking. So we're going to be able to talk with her about the Atlanta film scene, also talking about WIFTA, which is an important organization, especially for women in film and television in Atlanta. You may notice that I just sort of reeled off the acronym that WIFTA is uh, short for. So uh, anyway, there's a lot of good stuff here, especially about Atlanta, about women in film, and, and more broadly for networking resources for filmmakers. So lots of good stuff here. Let's go ahead and get into it. Thanks again for being willing to talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, we we don't know each other, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but we're put into contact. Uh, can you tell me more about sort of what your journey with the film industry has been? Sure. And I understand you're sort of at a transitional. Yeah. <laughs> so I began, um, I went to school here in Atlanta okay. at Spelman College, and I was actually an art major with a concentration in fashion design. Oh, interesting. So I wanted to design clothes, but also um, work in costume design and TV and film. And I kind of made up my major because <laughs> um, I love the school. And so while I was in college, I actually had a class um, called Digital Media and the Arts. Now, Spelman doesn't have like any kind of film program well this is 15 years ago they did now they're actually like got a digital media like program they're re- they're restructuring um because our our new chair is actually was this teacher of this one class i had and she was supposed to stay for one semester 15 years later she is the chair <laughs> so it's pretty cool but um she was from new york her name is dr ayoka shinzira and she's a filmmaker and she taught this class you had to audition and you it was basically um for people interested in film making short films making film in general and um i was want to do costume design so i auditioned and she was like of course you're the only one i have doing this and through her and that class we um i think had groups of like like four groups and each each group made a short film and I took the opportunity to, you know, really dig into her because I thought she was leaving. And so it was kind of like, I want to be a stylist or do costume design. You know, what can you help me? Do you know? Any-? I was really looking for someone in New York um, to work for. And she just was like, well, in town, I know this family, the Bennings, they do costumes for plays and for, um, you know, I think they're getting into TV. And this isn't, mind you, in like 2001. So this is way before the industry had popped or anything in TV and film. And that was, um, you know, she was like, I'll introduce you to them. And so I met one of the daughters, Sheila, and she did um, costumes. And she was an amazing seamstress and designer. And I met her and I talked to her, got her phone number at our, like, um, our showcase at the end of the semester. And it was about to be the summer. And I gave her my number and I was scrambling after graduation because I wanted to stay in Atlanta. And my mom's like, you have to find a job. (laughs) Of course. She's like, if you want to stay there, you have to find a job because I'm not paying for it. And um, I was scrambling looking for the number. Of course, I lost it being 19. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, and I was about to call the teacher to get it. And Sheila called me. Coincidentally, I mean, she, literally like that day she called me. I'm looking for an assistant. Can you bring your portfolio? And um, she didn't tell me for what. And I brought it. And she was like, this is great. You know, I'm paying $10 an hour. I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, because I, I knew I was going to be working long hours. And um, she hired me. 
And that was like my entree into the world. And I, that from there with her, I worked with Little Bow Wow on tour again, 15 years ago, (laughs) designing clothes and costumes on tour. And then I kept working for her um, while I was in school. And I had the opportunity to um, work again with her and work for Tyler Perry on a House of Pain in costumes. And through her, I met somebody else, another designer, because relationships are oh so important as I'm sure you know in this industry and um we've stayed friends until this day but I moved to LA shortly briefly after um I went to I graduated school and I was you know looking for something in costumes and she connected me with another supervisor and designer and that was um I worked on Fat Albert and a couple other projects back then I was like 23 and um that was kind of the intro for me into the whole world but it was really just me taking the um the chance and really talking to my teachers <laughs> that I knew worked in the industry yeah. and we're like, how can you help me? You know, I'm just trying to meet them. And then I took the initiative to just, you know, pursue it after that. So, yeah. And I'm also, um, now this is my third time living in Atlanta and I was, I'm the former executive director for women in film and television for the Atlanta chapter. I just, um, stopped like a week ago, resigned and, um, I'm moving back to Los Angeles to pursue producing full time. So um super excited and yeah, it is a transition. We're packing, we're moving <laughs> right now as we yeah. speak. So yeah. <laughs> wow, there's uh, I'd like to, to bounce back to a few things there. Yeah. There's a lot. Um, <laughs> I gave you like the short the bridge version. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's a great that's an excellent <laughs> summary. L- let me see if I tracked with everything. So you went to school mm-hmm. for fashion design? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I kind of I created that concentration within our fine art major. Okay. So I, yeah. you did one of the our school allows that too. You can yeah. if you want something pretty specific that's not on the books, you can sort of write a degree and request. So you, yeah. you did that. Yeah, I did that. And then luckily in Atlanta, um, in the school, the college school system here, you can, and I think this is still the case, but you can take classes if you're enrolled at one of the universities. You can cross register for free at any of the other universities in the city and take classes. So for me, that was great because I was, um, I went to Clark's, they had a fashion, they had fashion merchandising, design, like all these different majors and it was close. So I took a bunch of classes and I took classes also on like TV um, while I was there. So um, that was really cool. I wish I would have taken more advantage at other schools, but that was really, really um, great for me for what I was trying to do. When you graduated, well, I'm not clear. I'm sure you told me, but I'm not totally (laughs) sure on the timing, but uh, the Benning family? Yeah, Bennings. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one of the daughters, sounds like? Yeah. You'd lost her number, but she called you? She, yeah, yeah. I, lo- I I was looking for a number because, you know, when you finish school for the semester and you're like <laughs> scramble. I was at my cousin's house, like, trying to look for all my stuff. And, yeah, I couldn't find it. And I was still looking. And she literally called me in that moment. It was, I mean, serendipitous at yeah. best. Wow. Um, yeah. And she, she, out of the, there's four sisters, and they're all... Well, two of them are for sure, and the mo- their mom um, were in the industry in costumes in different ways. One of the daughters is a producer, and the other two are like attorney and something else. But um, they all worked together because their mom had done it for years. So, um, yeah. But Sheila was the one that um, really was in the entertainment industry, had acted, done costumes and all this. So, so that sounds like you had a good uh, resource almost almost immediately how soon after like was it that was while i was in school so oh, okay. i was i think that was after my sophomore year oh wow yeah so it, so was, it was early yeah it was very early and thankfully for me you know i knew when i was young that i kind of wanted to be in the entertainment industry i didn't know in what way but i like used to want to be a vj on mtv when they still had <laughs> to total trl and like all these other shows and you know but then i just i didn't get the um exposure of course to all the behind the scenes things but i always was um obsessed with like art and fashion and um costumes and things like that so i knew that i wanted to be in the industry in some way and then i kind of honed in on it in school and um yeah and it's it's took a turn now but yeah it was really cool because i i think that you know, for everyone that's, if you're in film school or just in school and you're trying to pursue something in entertainment, you've got to take advantage of any opportunity that's in front of you. You know, people that you might be able to speak to at panels or at conferences or at at your school, because you just never really know how they can help. And that I took a chance. Like, I was just like, I have to ask this teacher. (laughs) I was like, I have to find out who I can talk to, you know, to, to get, get a leg up kind of if I can right now. And that was, I was 20. So, um, yeah. 
you know, I work with a lot of students, and a, a lot of times they know they want to be, int- uh, you know, involved with film or television mm-hmm. or something, but they don't have a real clear, like, there's several th- aspects of it that they're interested in, or maybe a bunch of aspects. Yeah. And um, how did you, how did you sort of figure out where you wanted to go more specifically? Was it a matter of opportunity or was it something more internal? I think at first it was internal because I did have that passion and love for um, fashion and costumes. And then I just found that merger within TV and film. Yeah. And um, But then, I mean, the amazing thing is once you're in the industry, I think, and I was a PA, of course. That was my first job. That's everyone's first job, entry level. Um, you really if you take advantage of it, you get to learn all the other positions. And that's one thing when I went to LA, um, I was like after graduation and I'd been working for the Bennings here off and on on, sh- on um, sh- plays and different things. But when I really went to, went to LA is like, it was when I got to see the different positions. Like on Fat Albert, I was a PA in the costume department and there was like four or five of us because that was a huge film and the costumes were incredible because the way they did the movies like they faded the characters and so we had to do all this dying and all this different stuff but I also got to go on set and see like oh the producers and directors and the producer's assistant oh what are the what does the production coordinator do what is the APOC you know what is a line producer I never knew and so just keep when I continuously kept working and as a PA for a long time (laughs) um, you're lucky if you get to jump to the next step quickly but um, I really just got to see all the positions and for me I think it was in about 2012 because there's there's a there's a time in there when I wasn't working in TV just for a little bit but um, I think in 2011 I think I stopped working in costumes and I told my costume supervisor I was a coordinator and I, I was just like, I really love this, but I think I want to produce. And she was like, I knew it. <laughs> I knew you were going to leave me. And um, she, she was like, I can I can tell because you want to do more. And I was like, yeah, I just, for me, I learned where the creative control was on a TV show at the very least because that's what I was working on. So I got to really see, you know, we're designing, our designers is doing all the, all the clothes and all the fittings and the looks, but we always still every fitting had to send all of these looks to the producers and get their approval you know of what their final say was their visions of the characters and that's true for every department you know production design interior you know every little thing and so um for me i was just like i really and i had had some experience my brother and i created a web series also <laughs> um and i did the costumes and started producing on it and I just really got to see like, oh, I like to follow things through and see it from the beginning to the end creatively and have that have a have a voice in this. So, yeah. So I kind of I knew, but I learned more, you know, as my journey continued, as my path continued. And I think that's true for a lot of people in the industry. I, you know, I didn't know what location managers did. You know, like there were just so many jobs that are available that you have no idea um, what they do, what skill sets you need. Um, what transferable skills will cross over from another job. Um, so, yeah, for me, I definitely had the, had a leg up because I knew I wanted to work in costumes. And I still to this day always, even though I want to produce, I'm like, oh, what I love. <laughs> you know, I'm, I love the part in the Oscars where they do all the costumes and, the, you know, they show that. So um, I still have a love for that. It's just that, yeah, I chose to produce now. I think sometimes people feel an apprehension that if they don't have everything figured out that they're – sort of screwed you know that, that yeah. <laughs> and and just listening to your story maybe I'm putting words in your mouth here but it seems like you sort of moved forward in confidence towards things you knew you wanted to do and as you yeah. learned more you just continued to assess and say you know this has been fun but you know I, I, I can see something in this direction that seems like it'd be pretty cool yeah and that's definitely that's definitely what I did because I I knew and as soon as I learned something else and then, you know, I was learning different positions. I, I moved forward like, yeah, I want to I move past this and finish what I'm doing now and go on to the next thing. Because for me personally, I just don't like to waste time. <laughs> and I, I get excited about learning new things. And that's kind of where I'm at now with like transitioning from my executive director job. It was a great position. I was the only employee, though. And so I had a lot of volunteers and I worked with my board and it just wasn't challenging for me. And so it was a lot of the same things I had done and I didn't want to 
you're like working on like 30 projects kind of because you're you know you don't have I didn't have a staff so it was like I have to manage all of these people but I also have to manage every event that we had going on and program and you know just all of those which I did well but I just was like I want to work on a couple projects that I'm really passionate about and work hard on them and hone my craft in producing because there's a lot I still don't know um, I know to hire people when I don't know <laughs> that that's one smart thing is you always, you know, a great leader is like, you know, is to know to hire the people for the things that you don't know. And um, so I've learned that. And uh, yeah, but I definitely just that's kind of the biggest thing right now with this transition is just I knew that this was a dream job for someone else. And I wanted to give that opportunity to them. So. Okay, so and you're talking about WIFTA. Mm-hmm. No, okay, so yeah. let's rewind the tape a little bit. How did you yeah. get involved with WIFTA in the first place? So um, I'll start here. What brought me back to Atlanta for the third time in 2013. And where had you been? I had been living in Los Angeles. Okay, for you about, went to Los Angeles, then yeah. you came back here? So or? I, I went to LA after I graduated school, okay. but I only stayed for like four months, three months, because I wanted to live in New York. Okay. <laughs> and that was the brief time where I was like, I didn't really work in TV and film. I moved to New York. I was about 23. And I lived there for... I think four years, I think four or five years. And then I moved, maybe it was, yeah, three or four years or something. But then I moved actually back to Atlanta um, to work on Tyler Perry's show, House okay. of Pain. And that's when it first had started in 2007. Okay. And I, um, I worked on that show for a little bit and TV. And then I went on tour because I could make more money <laughs> working for the artist Sierra in costume, some wardrobe. Um, so that was like my blip of, in TV out, and then I moved back to LA in 2008. So 2013, I um, we moved back here. I moved back to Atlanta to because I got a job offer at the mayor's office for film and entertainment as the marketing communications manager. So um, it sounded really cool. I was like the first person in this position, and the office was brand new. It was literally just starting that year, and um, the director was like a friend of a friend, and someone recommended me and. I had ran my own business previously, so she was just like, oh, I think you'd be perfect because it's like kind of like a startup, which is every almost job I've had (laughs) is like, you know, you know how to run a startup business, you know how to, you know, work from the ground up. And so and um, I got involved with WIFTA kind of immediately just through our office. It it was just an it's an organization in Atlanta that was for women um, and it was they just they contacted us about doing stuff, you know, about my director coming to speak on a panel, things like that. And I'll say that they were in a huge transition period in 2013, um, which was kind of everything in Atlanta with the film industry. You were seeing the really big boom from the tax incentive, the leap from, I think, 2008 to 2013. I think 2008 was like a $250 million impact, economic impact, and it went to like $3.1 billion in 2013 so in five years so i think that it was like two billion or three billion when i came into the office and that was into the georgia film office yeah well i was in the the city office yeah there was and this was the creation of a new office um under the mayor okay so i that's what brought me back to atlanta so it's like the film commission but on a city level exactly so it was your job to help help people see the merit in bringing production yeah. to Atlanta specifically. Very, yeah, very much yeah. so. And, okay. so. and especially like over marketing communications, that was my job. Like, so, so what was your pitch? Um, Man, it was, it's so many things. What it, I tell people now and they're like, why are you leaving? <laughs> but I'm like, you know, uh, Atlanta is a great city um, to film in. And one to live in, like lifestyle. You're not going to get the kind of lifestyle you can get while living in LA. You're just not like you can, everybody that I know that's moved here is like, Oh yeah, I bought a house. I bought this, you know, LA from everyone knows it's like, yeah, I can't really buy a house. I'm going to rent. I'm going to rent. And I have tons of friends with families, myself doing the same thing. And so that's just like a number one thing, you know, you're going to get a better lifestyle more for your more bang for your buck per se. And then um, there are jobs. You know, there's so many productions. I think we were number one in features um, in the in features in the country. I want to say in the world, but that produced more features than any other city or any other um, state last year. I think we've gone down to number two by one movie. But um, you know, that's just that's huge. Like, you're if you're in production, you're always going to be working, no matter what. 
And so um, that was the pitch then. You know, there were just, there were all these great benefits. And so we worked with some of the studios on trying to get new things happening here, getting premieres here. Because Atlanta, you know, everyone's here. A lot of the um, actors are here. So many of the TV shows are filming here too. So um, that was my job is to work, you know, in tandem (laughs) with the Georgia Film Office, these other organizations in promoting Atlanta. And I didn't know until I got here, until I was on the way here, I did my research and I was like, oh my God, all the Hunger Games movies were shot here. You know, Insurgent, Divergent, all, that whole series. You know, so I was learning as I was coming and it was it was great for me because I was just like green, but it was, you know, fresh information. So, um, yeah, so that was my job. <laughs> and we, as long, as, as well as our office did, like does all the permitting for the city of Atlanta. Oh, wow. They, they really, the mayor at that time wanted to streamline the permitting system, which we brought everything from like a, I think it was like an 18 page paper application to like online, like this film app, this program where you literally go, it takes you like two minutes, fill out your information, submit it, pay, you know, and then it gets reviewed by the office and you're done. What website is that? It's called film app. And I think now other, we got other counties and other cities to use it as well. Okay. Um, But yeah, it was the first. So it streamlines everything. Oh yeah. I mean, it was it's insane how they were operating before but it was basically like you had to go to the department of public works yeah and that person who was doing permits for the city yeah. for you know street closures construction you had to go to them. And the thing is, unfortunately, they didn't have the knowledge, which why should they about movies and films and streets and that you need it immediately. <laughs> you can't right. wait two weeks or so. Um, we That's, you know, one of the main reasons the office was created. And then we, you know, built these other positions like mine to um, help grow it and, you know, really promote the office and what we were doing and promote the city. And um, I built like a mixer, like a kind of um, mixer series called The Door. Like one, I think we did it twice a month or once a month. Where, Does that um, still exist? No, it doesn't exist okay. anymore. Is there anything like it? Not with the film office, unfortunately. There's stuff with like WIFTA, okay. which is one of the things, you know, when I, when I crossed over there, um, we brought back like our mixer series for people to um, just network, you know, and meet other, not just women, but other people in the industry. It was free for like a year and a half, two years. And then we just started charging this year, like five or 10 bucks, you know, for people to come. And they're great. They're, you know, cheap to get in. We usually do like drink specials and then food. And it's it's very casual. And um, the ones I did for the office, though, we would have like panel panels every time. So we would and it was kind of like come meet people in your in the industry here in Atlanta, where it was I we did panels with different people in music and film and TV and then how those things crossed over or how they were looking to cross over now. Um, different producers, different. Um, we did one with like Georgia Film Office uh, Commissioner Lee Thomas, and um, so yeah, different people in the industry here to really for you to get for people to get to know. And that series was free um, from the mayor's office. I don't think they have anything going on right now. But it sounds like WIFTA does. Yeah, they definitely do, and it's um, what do we? I think it's the first Thursday of every month. Yeah, okay. that, that we do, that they do something. And, and where um, is where is that? Well, it moves, which is cool. Oh, okay. But you just have to check on the website, and they send out joining their mailing list is the best way because they send out con- constant reminders. But um, we move. I, I what I did was I moved it because I wanted, and I did this with the mayor's office too. I just you know I bring my stuff to <laughs> another organization, but I wanted people that were coming to see different parts of the city. So if you're new to the city, or even if you're not, and you're still getting to see like this new cool restaurant. Um, you know, this space and it's like, oh, I've never been here. And then it, it was an incentive for the restaurant to give us free food <laughs> also. So, um, it worked both ways, but, um, so it's moved around. We've literally been at different restaurants, I think every month, some we've used more than once just because, you know, they love our, they love us. We've, we give them great business, but, um, yeah. So this might be a good time. Several people that I've talked to have said WIFTA is just like a very important resource for people you know, new to a community, yes. getting interested in <clears throat> film. So uh, I don't think I've had anybody sort of give me the real breakdown of really what WIFTA is. Okay. So um, 
I'll start here. So WIFTA is obviously Women in Film and Television Atlanta. That's what it stands for. We are the second oldest chapter in the world under Women in Film. Um, LA is the oldest, only by a year. <laughs> oh, wow. And so we've been in existence for 44 years. Okay, so yeah. a good while. Yeah, a good while in LA, 45. Um, like I said, you know, 2013, that was that transition. I, I didn't even answer your question before. I got on the board in 2014. They asked me to be a part of their board because they were doing a restructure. So you, while you were working well, at for the, the mayor's, mayor's office, office yes. you, you were sitting on the board for WIFTA. Yeah, and okay. I so I sat on the board for two and a half years until I became the executive executive director in um, 2016, 2017. Yeah, top last, of 2017. Last, last year. I was okay. like, what is this year? Yeah, <laughs> top of last year, yeah. I became the ED. So what WIFTA is, I mean, Women in Film in general is an organization that um, has chapters around the world. And each chapter, though, operates as a separate entity. So they're connected in the sense that we're under this bigger umbrella, but we don't, um, like, everyone's dues are separate. You know, you're not, because you're in WIFTA, that doesn't mean you're in Women in Film LA chapter. You're not in uh, Nye WIFT, which is New York with you know, Women in Film. So you have to get separate memberships. One of the things we did this year was um, get joint memberships for here for between WIFTA and New York and then WIFTA and LA. I think that one's still in process so that you can pay like a lower amount and you have access to both organizations. But um, the organization was created to emphasize and promote women in media, film, TV, and any other screen-based media. Um, what WIFTA does is great because the membership is only $75 a year. Um, for one person, and it's any time of the year, it goes to that year, goes, goes to the next time that year. We have um, monthly programming, and then there's a mixer every month, and those are all free if you're a member. And then we've got a couple of big fundraisers. Our largest is the gala, which is in November, and that we honor usually like four to six women that work um, behind the camera and in front of the camera. Um, and recognize them. Most of the time, we try to recognize women that have made an impact here in Georgia. And um, and then we have, like, other fun stuff going on in the evening. And our president speaks. The executive director would speak. But um, it's really awesome because, I mean, you're paying, like, when I tell people the membership, they're like, $75. I'm like, yeah, and you get all this stuff for free. You know, the gala is you get, I think, half price, like, at first. Like, it's 150 for a ticket normally, but you get it for, like, $75 early bird. So there's just the panels are all on different topics. And we also have a, which we started this year, a producer's track and a director's track. And those are usually free for our members as well. And those are separate tracks to, um, you know, help educate you on if you want to be a producer, you should come to these. And they're usually like on Saturdays where we did, I think the first producer's track we held last month and it was on production contracts. So we had two, an attorney there that works in, um, what is she, IP, okay. and, and then in, somebody from SAG after that could talk about contracts in that way. And um, it was great. We had about 30 people there. And that's usually our, like, the turnout is usually about 25 to 50, depending on what kind of program it is. But um, the specific ones are really great because you just get a lot of information. They're usually, like, three to four hours long um, with a break and, like, snacks and stuff. But um, it's just been awesome. Like, I always, the programming we've had for the last few years has been just extraordinary because we try to get people. My goal and our old president as well as the new one, um, our old president was Cheryl Jenkins, and she was president for, like, f almost five years. <laughs> she was a big part of the restructure. Um, but one of those, our goals was to really when we're doing these programs and panels and director's track, you want to bring in people, you know, you've got your locals and we want to um, expose them and get them, you know, exposure to the community as well. But if we've got an expert producer that's going to be in town that's working on a show that's an EP on Black Lightning and we know they're going to be here for four months, I'm definitely going to try to get them to come speak on a panel, to, you know, because their experience is vast and they've worked everywhere. Opposed to maybe somebody that is only worked in Atlanta or might have less experience. Because that's one of the bigger things you will find here is that um, it's just different. Like, you know, if you've worked in L.A. for the longest time, for 30 years, you have so much experience because you probably worked in New York and other countries. Whereas some people here working in production might have only worked here. And they might have come up the ranks like super fast because the industry is growing so quickly here. So, um so yeah, so that's that's one of the great things about WIFTA. I mean, it's one of the best organizations to join. 
um, top resources. That was what I tell people from the mayor's office too. They're like, where do I find out about the, you know, things going on or meet people? And I was like, well, we do this event, but WIFTA, um, GPP, which is Georgia Production Partnerships. And um, I think that was it. There might have been another one, but I was like, those are going to be your best resources. And WIFTA is inclusive. Like we always invite men to join and to come to events too. That was going to be my next question, actually. <laughs> People say, oh, well, it's it's not just a resource for women. Yeah. Can you tell me more about that? So I always try to tell, explain to people, like, I mean, we work in the industry together, right? Like, men, women, all, like, so, <laughs> right. and so, but the great thing about women in film around the world is it is specifically going, the programming is going to specifically be a little bit more geared towards women, of course, and we're going to have um, some signature things that are for women and and to help them specifically. But most of, you know, most of the information we're giving is great for everybody, honestly. And that's what I've seen as being a member on the board and as ED, I'm like 85% of it is for everybody. And the other percentage that's not, you can still, men can still benefit because you're learning what, you know, like (laughs) what it is that you need to know about women or for women, you know, whatever. Because I think we have something coming up that I had planned before in October, and it's going to be like women in the industry and um, health, like their health. And I think we have, they had a couple casting directors um, that are going to speak because one had a health scare with cancer, mm-hmm. but it's, it's like, you know, women are always, we always talk about, and I have a daughter now, so I know it's like, you're want to be everything to everybody. You know, you're want to be a great mom. You want to like work in your career and do all these great things. But, and so something gets neglected. And for some, that can be your health. And, you know, we're having this program to remind women, like, don't do don't let that happen. Having people speak on how to make sure that you're um, getting these appointments in or going to the doctor and taking care of yourself. And that's beneficial for everyone. You know, that's also many. I mean, men are probably the worst. My boyfriend never goes to the doctor. <laughs> but, you know, like things like that where um, they're, it's geared specifically towards women, but I think that everyone can benefit. And so um, our gala, and I have people literally ask all the time, they're like, is this just for women? Is this event? And I'm like, no, you can come. And most of the men that are members, they see that too. They're just like, wow, you're right. It's not just for women, but it's it's hard getting that message out because of the organization's sure. name. <laughs> but. Yeah, well, it, it's actually super helpful for you to break it down like that uh, because uh, everybody <laughs> that tells me, I'm like, well, that does sound like a good resource, but I'm not sure what to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, because the mixers, I we did like, and we're, we've tried to do a couple of things where they're more um, catering towards the men or to get men more involved. Like we had a mixer at... Um, Habano Cigar Bar, hmm. which is like in Castleberry area of Atlanta near downtown. And we, you know, it's a cigar bar. So women are going to be like, ah, and we had, but we had about 30 people come and we had a lot of guys come because of the, you know, venue. But we try to do things like that where, you know, we gear it a little bit towards you to know, like, we're trying, we're, tr- we want you to come. We want you to mix and mingle with the women. Um, but yeah. So. so what if somebody listening is like, I'm sold. I want to I want to um, I want to be part. I want to join up. What What do you need to do? The, it's so easy. Um, the only thing you need to do is go to WIFTA.org, which is W-I-F-T-A dot org. And you'll see a join now button and just click it and it'll tell you what to do. Like I said, it's only seventy five dollars for the year. So if you get it today, what's today, September 9th, it's good till next year, September 9th. And um, you'll get all the discounts for all the fundraisers and all the programming free and mixers free from um, for the year. And um, then you just you know look online at our calendar, the calendar, the um, the blogs to see what's going on. But it's super simple to join. It probably I sign people up all the time in person, and it take, takes about like three minutes because you just I you wanna one of the m- big benefits that people kind of like overlook, which is a huge benefit. And I try to remind our members because. They would always contact me like, hey, do you know any editors, women, you know, female editors that are great at this? And I'm like, you know, my re- like I'm a good resource, but I'm like, so what is great? We have a member directory that's only available to members and you can go on there. And because if you fill out your profile, people can find you and find what you do and contact you. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So like you can, if you are an editor or if you're a writer or a grip or, you know, designer, whatever it is. And I, so I encourage people to go and fill out the profile when they, when they sign up for the membership. 
So when you when you sign up, mm -hmm. you can go ahead and be sort of in the resource guide? Yeah, yeah. Okay. As soon as you sign up for your membership, it asks you, like, what field are you in? Um, how many years have you been in the industry? How many years have you been doing this? And then you can upload your logo. You know, all of these different things. So people can find you and see, like, oh, I need a director or an AD or whatever. This, you know, woman is one... Let me contact her and really get her resume and see what she's done, you know? So it's it's a great resource that just kind of gets overlooked, I think, because people forget. But I I remind people all the time because I'm like, I know a lot of people and I know a lot of our members, but I don't know everybody. Sure. <laughs> so I'm like, please use this resource because it's it's there for you and it's free. So Does WIFTA have any Facebook presence? Yeah, they have. Okay. Um, we have WIFTA has a Facebook page. And they're... Don't get confused because there are two. There's like a WIFTA group page and then there's another one that because what happens is on Facebook, the WIFTA, the main WIFTA page, we don't let anyone else post on there because people always send us their their shows, their casting calls, their all of these, right. you know, auditions, all of these things or they have a movie or they have this. We can't post all that stuff because it's just it would be we inundate everybody with this and it's just not fair, you know? And so there's another page that's like not quote unquote WIFTA related, but it's for you to post all these things. But, um, the WIFTA group page is great cause it'll show you all of the events going on, upcoming events, photos, um, past events, who's on the board, you know, all of those really cool things. So yeah, we have social media too. It's WIFT Atlanta on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Well, very cool. You have this energy that's like, it's it's not that it's like turned up to fifteen, <laughs> but it's just like steady and quick. And uh, yeah, it's it's I, I, I can see how you've um, been successful in the things that you. you've been involved with. Yeah, it's awesome. So um, you are moving to Los Angeles. Yes. And I plan a trip to Los Angeles a little bit later to, oh, to nice. do more of more of this. Oh, awesome. So, okay, cool. Um, can you tell me more about your decision to, to move out there? And is it primarily related to what kind of work that you want to do? Or what, um, what are the motivations there? There are a couple of motivations. Um, the first being, I have an eight month old daughter and my brother lives out in LA. Um, probably 90% of like my really good friends and family um, that are like family live out there as well as my um, my boyfriends. And so that's a that was a huge component. But we always knew we would move back because that's we met there um, when we back 10 almost 10 years ago, nine years ago. But um, so that was one thing. And it, that was that was a small motivation. But um, I did always know I would go back because I love LA. But um, really, one of the things that people will notice here in Atlanta and I do hope this gets this changes over time but it takes time because Hollywood took 100 years I don't even know how many years to build but everyone out here that is producing or you know in higher level executive jobs um, have to still go to LA to get anything made because the decisions are made out there you know, right. at studios, at networks, um, you want to sell a show, you know, all of those things, you still have to go to LA. And um, I want to produce TV and film. And right now I have like two documentaries I'm producing, which are here in Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> so I will be cool. back, which is really awesome. But um, I want to get into scripted features and I would love to do TV. And that starts to me in LA. And a lot of my relationships are out there. A lot of my friends that are around my same age that now work at networks and studios, you know, are out there. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, um, yeah, it's it's just everything is out there for me. And so, um, you know, it's bittersweet that I leave because I know Atlanta is growing. And I just, but for me, it was just kind of like personal and for a career. And I was like, I want to work with my brother on projects, obviously, but I also just want to grow it there. And I know that I can because there's, you know, several, several more production companies that are doing amazing, amazing things that I'd love to work with and learn. So um, that's kind of the biggest difference. And that's one of the things you'll see here in Atlanta is that, and I do hope, again, I hope that this will change. I think it is changing, but it just takes time that all those, you know, the decisions are made in LA. So let me just make sure I'm hearing you correctly. Yeah. You're saying there's lots of production in Atlanta, but yeah. when you follow the food chain up, it jumps over to, to the other coast. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you work in crew here, like if you're below the line, you work every day, all day. 
you can take three month hiatus, take vacations, and you'll still work. You know, there's just so much work because people are the incentive is driving you know people to come here. And um, one thing that you'll see in Georgia that has hasn't well that something that's happened in the other states like North Carolina and Florida that have lost their incentive is that everything's gone away. You know, a, lo- a huge chunk of production has gone away and a lot of it's come here. And that's why, you know, not to get political, but that's why it's so important for people to vote in the election for governor and um, mayoral because you want candidates that support this incentive. And if they don't, all I mean, I think this year was like an eight billion impact economic impact in, in Georgia. Wow. That's huge. Huge. And so, like, I can imagine all the jobs, you know, that would leave. So if you're in crew, you work all day, every day. And it's just that, yeah, the higher you go up in the food chain, it's still going back to L.A. Not universally, though. Like Tyler Perry, mm-hmm. um, there are there's some stuff going on that's based out yeah. here, right? Yeah, there's definitely some stuff here. I mean, there's plenty of studios, which is amazing. I mean, I saw it grow, I think, from like 10 studios when I first got here in 2013. I think it's like over 20 now. Definitely over 20 because they're smaller ones. Um, that do specialty things like video shoots and things like that, commercials. But Tyler Perry Studios, I mean, I worked for him back when he was just starting. And where Crog Street Market is now, which everybody knows, it used to be Tyler Perry Studios, his first one. <laughs> and it was like being built and he had to move it. And so now he's at his third. And it's 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 pretty incredible. It's on a old military base. It's li- By square footage, it's the largest studio in the country. Really? Yeah, like it's, I think, 400, I want to say it was like 488 acres. It was something insane. Yeah, because it was an army, it was Fort Mac Army Base. And um, they had to keep a certain percent, certain amount of those acres um, for historical purposes, like reserved for that. But it's amazing. Like what he's doing and what he's been able to do, I applaud him and commend him. Um, his work effort from when I worked with him was one of the things I admired most about him. He would get no sleep. <laughs> I'm sure it's different. I hope it's a little different now, but he would shoot a, you know, TV shows during the day and bounce from that when we were done and go shoot a film the rest of the day and into night and then write and do direct. And, you know, so his, um, his studio is amazing. But the thing is, it's, like I said, like with his studio, with uh, Screen Gems that's here, Pinewood even, which is a large studio that I think they have nine studios around the world. And um, there's just only like so many jobs at those studios per se. So if you want to be an executive in marketing, okay, and you're like, oh, I want to stay here in Atlanta. I mean, there's obviously like CNN, Turner, you know, those that have been here forever. Um, You can look at those. And then those are specific types of um, content that are being produced. Um, Tyler Perry, Screen Gems, Pinewood, the other large ones, they're, you know, they're just starting out. So Tyler Perry might only have about 15, like, or 20 employees at the, you know, at the studio level that are running the studio, um, executive wise. And then where you look at like Netflix or I don't know, Warner Brothers in LA and they have hundreds, you know, so that for me, and, and I, you know, and I understand that it's growing. I just wanted to go where it's already done. (laughs) For me, for right now. Right. And you have family and other things. Yeah. And that was a, that was a big draw. It was kind of like, okay, well, family. And I just, and I have a ton of friends here in Atlanta that I've worked with and colleagues, but it's nothing like, you know, when you have family around, when you have kids and things like that, I just kind of was like, yeah, I'm ready to be around <laughs> my family and, you know. And the weather is hard to, uh, I mean, <laughs> Atlanta's weather is great at all. And, you know, but LA. Oh, uh, that's not true. <laughs> If we're being honest, Atlanta does not have great No, weather. Atlanta's weather, I mean, it's, it's super hot, as you've probably seen while you've been here, and um, humid. I'm from Texas, so it's way hotter in Houston. But, um, yeah, you know, Atlanta, we used to have really great weather in the sense that you get four seasons. Sure. Like, back in the day. Now, it's like, I don't know. Everything's, like, merging together, and you barely, I don't know. It's kind of weird. But um, yeah, the seasons are weird here. But LA, the weather is great. I miss the water, you know, being right by the beach. There are things like that. For me, I'm also pescatarian. I don't eat dairy. I don't eat meat. So like little things like that. That's way easier on the West Coast. My lifestyle, yeah. the way I, you know, for me personally, is just easier out there. So, um, but I, I love Atlanta. Like I said, I have two documentaries I'm producing here um, for actually Hartsville Jackson Airport. And so... 
I'll be back here for the next like few months, once a month. So, and my boyfriend has his business is here, so he'll be back and forth. So we, you know, I love Atlanta, and I'll be back. It's just I wanted my home base to be in LA. So, you know, sorry, ATL. <laughs> well, it sounds yeah, like you're saying that uh, Atlanta's going to be part of your part of your life. Yeah, for for sure, yeah. forever for you. Yeah. <laughs> Graduates of our program, I've talked to them a lot about. You know, one of them lived in Los Angeles for a while and considered moving to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He moved out of L.A. to Orange County. Oh, okay. And was like, you know, I, I don't know, you know, there's just so many people in Los Angeles and so on. And then, <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, there's a funny quote where he's like, I don't think anybody needs to live in L.A. <laughs> and uh, and um, funny thing is, is that he moved back. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, just kidding. So, yeah. That's actually one of the things, it, certainly you've uh, uh, moved around a bit and yeah. you mentioned the incentives mm-hmm. and it seems like uh, the folks that I know in film, a lot of them have sort of, maybe not like every time there's a change in incentives, they move to, to where that's going, but yeah. but a lot of times people do end up moving, yeah. y- you know, when uh, the the winds of incentive money change. Yeah. Eventually, oftentimes they'll move. Um, you know, can you talk at all about that? Is that something you've witnessed? Was that the oh. reason for any of your moves? Yeah, or? I mean, I mean, like I said, like the mayor's office brought me here and that was a new office. So that was a huge, it wasn't necessarily the incentive, but it was a result of the incentive, right? You know, like, the, there's the state film office and the fact that the city didn't have one was kind of crazy. We're the largest city in Georgia. And so that kind of was a result of the incentive and so much production going on that we need an office to, to handle this, right? So that was, you know, part of me moving here. And then once I was here in that um, capacity, I ran into so many people that I used to work with in production in L.A., and I'm like, what are you, do- location managers, what are you doing here? And they're just like, oh, I'm here shooting. I have, you know, A, B, and C. And then over a few months, it'd be like, I'm like, you're still here. They're like, well, I actually, you know, I got rid of my place in LA and put stuff in storage and I, I'm buying a place here. Like, you know, because I was, like I was telling you earlier, the lifestyle, you were, you were people that are making good money in LA, but you couldn't buy a place for the past 15 years sucks yeah you know and so they're like yeah i can own something here and it doesn't have to be like super far out in the burbs it can be in the city um whether it be an apartment a condo or a house and um so yeah i saw a ton of people that i ran into and it keeps happening i mean people that have and it takes time i've seen people that have worked here over the past five years and um you know they're just buying houses here because they're like well i'm here so much and then you can rent it out that's the beautiful thing about the economy and then just the world these days is that you've got the Airbnbs and um, One Fine Stay, like companies like that where you can rent out your place, you know, so you can sublet it, especially if you own it and you can make money off of it while you're gone. Hmm. So um, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I have one of my good friends. He is an actor on the show Dynasty and he lived in L.A. We met years ago in L.A. and he's good friends with my boyfriend. They're from the same city and He's an actor. He got a job out here. Well, he got the job on Dynasty. They're shooting out here. This is their second season. He rented an apartment last year. Really nice, but close to us. And he was like, if I get picked, if we get picked up again, I'm probably going to buy something. And we're like, oh, okay. Got rid of his apartment. He definitely bought a house <laughs> that's like in Old Fourth Ward, you know, in our neighborhood. And he's, he's, he renovated it to make it a duplex so he could rent out half of it to pay the rent. And it's, you know, so it's things like that. Even if this season of Dynasty, if they didn't get picked up for a third season, he's here for the whole year. You know, he got here a couple months ago. They shoot 22 episodes, so they're here through next April, May. And so it's an investment. Even if he doesn't, if that doesn't get picked up, it's like, oh, I can just rent it out, even if I go back to L.A. And I'm sure he'll be back in Atlanta working again, so we will have a place to stay. So, um, yeah, you just see it time and time again. And it's it's just like kind of a no brainer. If you've got the money and you're going back and forth, you might as well buy something here because it just ends up being um, an investment. So economically, financially, it's smart, you Hmm. know. So, yeah. (laughs) So what advice would you give to uh, a young person? And this could be specific to Atlanta or it could just be general. Um, We've talked about some specific things, but as far as attitude and expectations uh like i think a lot of times people 
you know, with stars in their eyes. They don't understand the hours and yeah, the things, hours, things like yeah. that. Um, what advice would you give to somebody who, who's uh, wanting to start a career? What you know, what how, I do, think, how do you get your head on straight about that? Um, the biggest things are, I mean, as as far as expectations go, know that you're going to have to start at the bottom. Um, just know that. And if you don't end up starting at the bottom, then that's great for you. That's, you know, one in a million chance. But know that you're going to have to get coffees and like, you know, lunches and things like that for the first year or first two years or whatever of your career. And then that's okay because you're learning so much more by, you know, that you don't even realize because you're on set or you're on location or wherever you are. And then just to absorb everything that you are seeing, you know, take it all in and don't just have blinders on and be like, oh, I'm just delivering coffee, you know, really absorb it and take it in. And know um, that's the first thing, like with expectations, just I, I tell everyone, even when I moved to the mayor's office and I was like, oh, I have a great position. You know, I'm not like a PA or an assistant. I was still when I had to staff the mayor or at an event or I had to go staff the chief of staff. I was like an assistant, <laughs> you know, I glorified assistant. Like I made sure that they were good. Are you sure? Do you want me to grab you some food? Do you want a drink? And that was just, you know, that's just natural. And you should always keep that in inside of you. Um, and they appreciated that, even though it'd be like, no, I'm fine. So those are things as far as expectations go. Always just know that, you know, when starting in this business, you're going to have to start at the bottom. And it doesn't matter if you're like 19 or 35, honestly. Um, I've seen it here in Atlanta because we've, you know, the industry's growing. So people have started at 30, 35, 40 from a different career. And, um, you know, they, you have to know, like, you probably are going to be doing this, just FYI, and other grunt work that you're going to hate. But know that it leads to somewhere really great. And the hours are long. It is not glamorous. <laughs> um, you know, you are working 12 to 15 hour, maybe longer days. You will get paid and compensated for it. Um, but just know that that's, that's going to happen and it is tired. I remember being in L.A. and I when I was a costume coordinator and I mean my Friday nights, every day of the week, I just come home and I would I think I might have eaten dinner and have a glass of wine and I would pass out. <laughs> on the couch because I had to wake up at 5 a.m. you know the next day so just know that there are early mornings late nights um it's worth it if you really love it and that's what I'll say it's this business is not for everybody um it's made the way it's designed the way it is because it is not for everybody and um it's like an army you know everybody has a position and a role to play and if even as a PA, if you're not doing your job, it throws other people off. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of the top things I would say. Oh, and another thing, to get your job, I mean, network, 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 networking is so important. And I know probably everyone says it and it's a broken record. But like you heard earlier, how I got my first job, you know, with the designer here in Atlanta is I made sure I talked to my teacher and then I kept networking. I kept that relationship with the woman I worked with and I'm still friends with her to this day. And I just hopefully I think got my little cousin who's 23 a job with her, you know, um, who cool. wants to work in film. Yeah. So it's relationships and networking are the heart of this business. Um, everybody knows that. And, you know, stay humble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try to stay humble. And I think that um, you'll go very far. But yeah. You know, with networking, you know, people have written whole books about networking, but do you have anything to say about how uh, you're going to make an impression? Yeah. How can you make sure it's a good one? <laughs> Man, it's uh, it's always hard giving advice on this because I personally am pretty good at it. I naturally, I just think it's my personality and the way I've grown up. Um, but I, I almost, I want to say don't force it, but you kind of have to sometimes because if I've seen people that are like really, really bad networking and their personality is not doesn't lend to that and so you kind of have to force it but um you know if you have to force it at first still try to let it be organic and natural but you you do have to work at it you know when you build relationships that's why it's called building relationships um you've got to contact people and and there's different forms of networking, whether it be, you know, in person, if you've met someone and you heard them speak on a panel and you're like, oh, my God, this person's the executive at uh, Tyler Perry Studios or wherever, 
you can find them on LinkedIn, you know, and b- request to be their friend or just send a note saying, and I, this was great advice I got from someone that does social media at a panel, but, you know, slide a message to them saying, I'd love to meet you for coffee for 15 minutes. You know, just something brief because time is money. Yes. That is one thing. Time is money. And the, pe- the higher people are up, the less time they have. And so you respecting that and knowing that is really important, but that's kind of how you can build upon those relationships, whether it be Facebook or LinkedIn, but just trying to grab coffee and really respecting like, I just need 15 minutes just to say, hi, I respect what you're doing. I would love to get to know more about you, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but there are little subtle ways that you can that you can use like that. And um, there's so many platforms now that you can use that if you're not great face to face at first, yeah. <laughs> you can ease on into it through social media. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of like the best advice for, for not not trying to force it too much. Especially if you're not extroverted, yeah, it takes a little. Uh, you got to get yourself uh, <laughs> like into the up. right yeah. mindset and so on. But maybe one way to think of it is that whether or not it takes effort or not on your part, be authentic. Is be, that? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the most important thing: is be authentic, be true to yourself. People are gonna like you or they're not. <laughs> I mean, honestly, sure. you know. And um, yeah, and it's that's. I think that's the hardest part I think for people that are not good at networking is when you're trying to do it and you might be introverted is trying to connect with somebody um, that you might relate to and I think that's one thing is to listen you know when you meet people or you're at networking events really listen and you can creep in on other people's conversations you know like and um, ease in and pick up on some what someone has said and that's how you can connect with them but um, you know but but be genuine and authentic and finding those genuine connections is what it's all about Stories are always good. Um, can you think of a, a story? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I have a great story. Okay. Um, I was a costume coordinator on Body of Proof on ABC in 2010? 11. I think it was 2011. Um, I, I started on that show. We were starting, like, top of July. And um, my boss, she was like, all right, we're going to come in. We came in a few days earlier the week before to get set up. I was like, all right. You know, sh- we didn't start shooting for a little bit. Came in, um, was working July 4th happened, the holiday. Um, I was back at work on July 5th, and I get a call from Texas where my family lives, and my mom has had a stroke. She's in, like being life flighted to a hospital oh, man. in Houston. And um, so I'm like, my sister's calling me, like freaking out, crying. And I was like, I don't know what's going on, you know? And I was just like, oh my God, oh my God. And she's like, I'm going to call you back. I didn't, and I had to calm her down and that whole thing. And so I'm like, oh God, let me process this I've got to get to work head to work get there um, waiting on her calls for updates trying to work and then she calls me back she's in ICU you know this is what's happened like all the updates I'm like freaking out my boss I'm close with so she's like what's going on I tell her she's like you should go home like no 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 like I I can't do anything at home Um, I'm in LA so Later that day, like, they're still giving me updates. I, my brother is in L.A. To, too, and he knows. And we're trying to decide, like, are we going to go home? Like, what's going to happen? Because we don't know what's going to happen with our mom. And um, the line producer, Jim Cliver Weiss. He's actually LPing on, um, I think, on Power. Or no, on Insecure on HBO right now. I'll never forget him because my boss, who was a costume supervisor, Maritza, came to me in the middle of the day, and she said, call Jim's assistant and I can't remember her name right now but he was like call and I was like what's going on she's like just call I call his assistant she's like Jim's gonna pay for your flight to go home wow when you know do you want to leave today because we heard what happened with your mom you know and he because he had come over to our where we were in our office and he saw me kind of upset and was talking to our boss and she told him what happened and I was just like what and she's like yeah I'm gonna send you some flights you know let me know which airport. And um, I was just like taken aback. You know, like I'm, we just started production. Like I don't even know this guy. Um, and so he bought my ticket home. I got to go home for like a week. And he was like, you're fine. Because I was like, what about my job? You know, I'm freaking out because you're, you know, lower on the, t- on the totem pole. And he was like, tell her she's fine. You know, however long she needs. And um, my mom ended up being fine. Like she, I mean, after a couple of brain surgeries and all these things, but you know, now she's completely fine. But um, I will never forget that. And um, something I think my boss told me, and I, I sent him a really long email, thank you, and sent him something afterwards. 
And um, he's just like, I will never forget when he was on set one day and something happened to him and he was a PA and the director, AD or producer wouldn't let him leave. And, um, you know, something tragic. And uh, he was like, I'll never forget that. And I will never forget his name. And to this, I think then in 20, 2011 to 2012, he was just like, because you never know where people are going to be in this business. And so treat them how you would like to be treated. Mm. And um, so that was like something pretty amazing. And I'll never, you know, I'll always remember his name. I'll never forget what he did for me. Um, yeah. And so he was just like, you know, there was a time when I was on set and I was a PA and I couldn't leave and something tragic happened and it just affected me and they were just so horrible to me. And I, when I heard what happened to you, I wanted to make sure that, that you didn't feel that same way. And I was like, oh my God, you know? Wow. So it's, you know, people in this industry, you know, you just, you never know. And I think that the person he hired, he was in charge of hiring on a yeah. project and that person came up and he was like, nope. You know, like whoever, <laughs> and that, I got you. Yeah, you know, whomever had told him that, and he's like, "You just never know where you'll be in this business, right? And you'll be in the position. Roles, roles will be reversed, right? Um, and not like that's my motivation for anything, but that's it's very true. You know, you could easily rise to the top, and you're you're in charge of hiring the crew, and you've got this person's name on the list has treated you awful, and you're not going to hire them. You know, so it's just very important back to you know treating people how you want to be treated. Well, it's it's interesting because uh, in the last year or so, there's been an awful lot of publicity about terrible things going terrible, on yeah. in the entertainment industry. And that's yeah. not to say that they haven't, but you don't hear about the kinds of things that yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, you know? it was it was pretty amazing. I mean, I'll never forget it. Like, I always think about that. And I'm like, man, that was so really out of his personal. This is out of his pocket, not of like budget, you know, out of the production. And um. Yeah, it just, when I think about it, it like makes me tear up because I'm like, man, that was just so kind that I was just, I was devastated. And I'm like, how am I getting home? I just started working. I was like, I don't have any money to for a ticket last minute, you know? So it was all of those things and it was solved in an instant, you know, hmm. because of something that had happened to him. And he's like, I don't want that to happen to someone wow. else. So yeah, so that's a good story. You that know is. about yeah. the industry, and I'll I'll never forget it. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much. You are welcome. This is this is uh, fantastic. <laughs> Great. And... <laughs> All right. So there you go. It's kind of nice to hear that good things happen in the film industry sometimes too, not just bad things. Uh, so plenty to think about there, and I think. Uh, Definitely some really great insights. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. Hope you'll join us again next time for the next episode of Pictures Up. 